0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is preseason poll time around the country. The coaches poll dropped earlier this week. We have our own top 25 poll in the Locked On Podcast Network. How many of the teams on that poll is BYU facing? We're digging into that, and we're also talking about vibe check as we approach the midway point of BYU training camp. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. By way of introduction, real quick, we are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU. And a huge thank you for all your guys' support out there. It absolutely means the world to me. Uh, the thousands of you check in via YouTube as well as our regular podcast feeds out there. And thank you for all of the support. All right, let's dive right in, right in on today's show, but a quick reminder for you guys that today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Make every moment more right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Get started today with FanDuel, our friends over at FanDuel.com slash on is the web address to go check that out. Alright, let's talk about preseason polls. Now, the coaches poll came out earlier this week, and BYU checked in with two votes in that preseason poll. Now, if you extended out, they were way down the list, but uh, nonetheless, at least Uh, Two people thought BYU, speaking of coaches around the country... Thought BYU was the 25th best team in the country, or one person ranked them the 24th best in the country. That's how the math works out to get the two votes for BYU in that poll. And uh, not to be outdone, the Lockdown Podcast Network, us here on the Lockdown College arm of the network, we've decided, you know what? We can band together. We've got uh, folks based all over the country representing a lot of the Power 5 uh, programs in various conferences. Let's do our own top 25 poll. And I wanted to let you guys have a look at that and uh, discuss a little bit about uh, how things shook out. Now, obviously, I'm part of the voting on this. I'm throwing this up. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the graphic that was so kindly created for us by the Lockdown Podcast Network. Defending national champions, Georgia Bulldogs check in number one. Bit of a surprise for me that Michigan's number two, but also at the same time, Michigan's been building towards this. Uh, their arch rival, Ohio State, three. Alabama checking in at number four. I'm interested to see how the Crimson Tide do this year. And then the highest ranked West Coast team is South uh, Southern California, USC, checking in at number five. Rounding out the top ten, LSU, Pennsylvania, State Clemson, Florida State, and Washington. And then the first team that BYU will face this year is number 11, uh, Texas. They are the highest ranked Big 12 team, obviously, in their final season in the Big 12 Conference. I'm not surprised that Texas checks in at 11. They've got a lot of offseason hype. A lot of people uh, just annually want to believe in Texas and the hashtag Texas is back. Who knows what's going to happen? Now, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, obviously the former BYU quarterback, now the head coach of the Texas Longhorns, he's got a lot of talent. There's absolutely no doubt that he has got a, t- a talent to work with uh, there with the Longhorns. The question will be, can he really kind of overcome some of his shortcomings as a coach, which uh, traditionally have been that whenever he seems to have the hype around him, his teams fall a little bit flat. But rank number 11, it's not a bad spot to be. BYU will be headed down to Texas in late August. October. At that point, uh, it really feels like by the time BYU shows up in Austin, uh, October 28th if, if I recall correctly. Uh, that'll be an interesting uh, situation. Is Texas living up to the hype at that point or is BYU walking into a situation where Texas fans are feeling a little disgruntled? Now BYU's arch rival uh, University of Utah checks in at number 12. Obviously the Utes coming off back-to-back Pac-12 titles. Uh, I actually had them ranked 10th in my poll that I, I put in. Uh, Checking at number 12. Then you uh, move down the list a little bit. The next one up for BYU is Kansas State at number Number sixteen. Now obviously BYU is not face Kansas State, but they're the next highest ranked Big Twelve team. The uh, uh- the Wildcats coming off that Big 12 championship game win. A lot of people, I think, forget that they did beat TCU in the Big 12 championship game and are the quote-unquote reigning uh, Big 12 champions. Obviously TCU made the college football playoff, made that run to the national title game, and overshadows a little bit what Kansas State has done, but they've got a very, very good team in Kansas State, and frankly, there was a couple of teams I was hoping BYU was going to avoid year one, and Kansas State was one of them. It just felt like that was a really, really tough team uh, to beat, and BYU you will avoid that. The next uh, big 12 team is TCU checking in at number 18 in this poll. Uh, Not surprised by the, uh, by the horned frogs checking in here. I do wonder though, if TCU will, uh, quickly fall out of the top 25 without a really hot start to the season. That's the thing about this. is TCU uh, for all intents and purposes has completely turned over their offense. Now They do have Chandler Morris back who was the starting quarterback going into last season. Obviously Max Duggan uh, unseated him when he got injured and just never gave the job back and led BYU, uh, BYU uh, led TCU to that magical season and that's going to be interesting to see how TCU responds. Now the, the Horn Frogs do have a lot of their defense Stars back, which should benefit them, but I am interested to see how they handle a lot of the hype uh, coming off a magical season, that run to the national title game. No matter how badly they got curb stomped in that game, it still was an absolutely incredible season. Final two uh, Big 12 teams uh, check in at number 22 and number 23. That would be the Oklahoma Sooners at 20, uh, 22, excuse me, while the Red Raiders of Texas Tech check in at number 23. Not surprised by either of these. Oklahoma is a team that has traditionally been a uh, program that a lot of people value. Uh, Texas Tech has got a lot of vibes about being that dark horse in the Big 12 this year. There are some out there that say that uh, if there's a Big 12 team that's capable of putting together a TCU-like run this season and making a run uh, in the national to national prominence in a lot of respects. A lot of people think that Joey McGuire and the Texas Tech Red Raiders are that team. Now, BYU does face both of these programs. I am interested to see how both of them handle the preseason hype around them. Uh, the other thing about this poll, I actually uh, was voting on it. Like I said, I'm not seeing a Tulane in here. Uh, I'm not seeing a number of G5 programs. I think that should be getting some hype here. Uh, but at the same time, Power Five really by and large now dominates the college football landscape. I thought there were a couple of G5 teams that I voted for in my poll. Uh, I didn't, uh, I, there wasn't an easy way for me to kind of put it together so I could kind of juxtapose this poll with, with the one that I put together. But I'm, I'm not All the way out on this poll because I look at it and say, okay, a lot of these kind of were right in the realm of where I voted for certain teams. Uh, They have Florida State at nine. I thought that was a little bit high uh, for the Seminoles, but obviously they're one of the teams expected to be the class of the ACC. I also thought Notre Dame was a little bit high at number fourteen. We'll see how they handle the hype. Oregon checked in at number fifteen. I am interested to see how Dan Lanning as well as Bo Nix do in year two, obviously without Kenny Dillingham uh, there. But number twenty-five is an interesting one to me. Texas A&M checking in at number 25. Now, the Aggies obviously had all kinds of hype with an absolutely incredible recruiting class going into last season and fell completely flat. Jimbo Fisher, uh, a lot of people think he's lost his fastball, and who knows uh, if he's able to really overcome uh, some of the bugaboos that have been uh, plaguing him at Texas A&M. But uh, interesting poll all the same, but uh, five Big 12 teams, four of which BYU will face. Uh, Luckily for BYU, two of those – excuse me – Two of the games are going to be at home with both Oklahoma and Texas Tech uh, coming to Provo for the Cougars, and that should help BYU's chances. That That's the thing about this. I, I kind of worry about BYU in certain games when it comes uh, to their matchups because the, the situation can be that you find yourself in a dogfight that you didn't necessarily anticipate being in, and that, that can be really, really tough uh, for a program that when you're thinking, okay, well, we got a chance here, and all of a sudden that maybe one of the teams you thought, okay, that's a win. That you find yourself in a dogfight, that's a little different than uh, going into a game as a decided underdog and having quote-unquote nothing to lose when you go out in there and play those games. Uh, I could very well see a scenario where BYU goes to Texas as heavy underdog. Same thing with TCU on the road, but when they're at home against Oklahoma and Texas Tech, there is going to be a lot of people who are wondering, okay, can BYU pull off a home upset over one of these teams and maybe play a little bit of a spoiler when it comes to playing those programs. Other thing about this is, for you out there that are Big 12 fans checking in, the five- Big 12 teams, I'm not surprised by any of them. The only one that I maybe wondered about just as high as they are is TCU. I do worry just about the the mass turnover, especially on offense for Sonny Dykes down there with the Horn Frogs, but hey, you got to go out there and prove it on the football field, and we're going to get an early look at them as they take on Coach Prime. Speaking of Deion Sanders, as well as the rest of the Colorado Buffaloes, uh, early on the, the first game, their first game, excuse me, for TCU, and looking forward uh, to seeing how that all shakes out. But uh, five teams, I think it's a pretty fair representation for the Big Twelve, and the hope is that some other teams can make some noise. Now, the hope for BYU in my mind, I had BYU not on my top twenty-five. I admit, I just don't think that they're necessarily cap- capable of being a preseason top twenty-five team, but. But there are programs out there, UCF's among them, and if BYU puts it all together and makes a run, you could you could see a BYU team, let's say they have a good year at 9-3. The record that BYU have put together in the wins, they probably would have tallied in that, likely probably would have them as a top 25 caliber team. But it's very very difficult schedule ahead for BYU it feels like. Their first year in the Power 5 how are they going to handle 10 straight games against Power 5 opposition? Are they going to be able to handle the rigors of all that? Will their depth hold out? A lot of question marks still to be answered on that front but obviously we'll continue to break that down as the season draws ever closer uh, to kicking off BYU and uh, Sam Houston State just over three weeks away from Saturday. uh, Three three weeks exactly from Saturday. uh, We're 23 days away uh, from today. I'm looking forward to that one. All right, coming up here in just a minute. Uh, We're going to flip over, talk a little more specifically about BYU. We're getting near the midway point of training camp. I had a great conversation with one of our practice insiders, kind of gave me an idea to talk a little bit about what's going on and kind of the vibe I'm getting out of training camp so far. Players that uh, may be uh, off the radar for some of you that you want to be aware of. An injury update on on one guy in particular that has been had a lot of people uh, wondering all week long. We'll get to all that as we continue on right here on Locked on Cougars. Now, first a word on our friends over at FanDuel. Uh, Of course, football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. All you got to do, my friends, is when you bet on a Super Bowl winner with our friends at FanDuel, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Think about this. You're making the bet. It's the long play. 20 weeks of football, obviously you're you're betting on your team or the team you think is going to win the Super Bowl, but every time they win in that run, you get bonus bets from our friends at FanDuel. The best part is you pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you get that bonus bet for every single victory they rack up throughout the season. You use your bonus bets on Spreads, player props, over-unders, other games, money line, no matter what you're interested in, they've got it with our friends over at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and start earning those bonus bets with America's number one sports book right now, my friends. That's FanDuel.com slash on. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the years of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. Thank you to all of you who are every with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We want to remind you guys, tomorrow is our uh, traditional Friday mailbag. So if you've got questions for the podcast, uh, you want insights uh, that maybe I've picked up on from spring camp that I have not weighed in on, I'm happy to ask around about guys if you're interested in that type of stuff. Also, just any questions you've got about BYU basketball, whatever you got for us, let us know. And by the way, it doesn't have to be BYU related. I'm open to any and all questions. Favorite restaurants, you know that. Type of stuff. If you want to weigh in on it, we'll get to that on tomorrow's podcast. Um, also collected a few videos from interviews from BYU photo day yesterday on Wednesday down at the indoor practice facility. Uh, if I if I'm able to, I'm, I had crazy couple of days here, but if I'm able to sit down, uh, hoping to get at least one of them in there. I've got uh, some guys like Ray Paulo in the mix as well as Parker Kingston. So some fun interviews to come. So stay tuned for that, and we may fit one of those in on tomorrow's podcast as well. Alright, uh, moving along here, BYU training camp approaching kind of the midway point. They'll have their first scrimmage this Saturday. Kalani Satake spoke to us at BYU photo day yesterday and said that he hasn't necessarily kind of laid out what he expects from the scrimmage. not how, sure how many plays. If uh, quarterbacks outside of Keaton Slovis will be live, he said that'll kind of be up to Aaron Roderick and how he's feeling about the quarterback situation and if he wants to see them in live action. The thing about this is it's, it's getting the, the, the quote-unquote dog days of training camp. The first week is really easy for guys to go out there, have that energy, and really bring it every single day. What really separates guys when it comes to training camp, and this goes for college football, high school football, NFL, doesn't matter what it is, is as you get deeper and deeper into training camp, especially that second-slash-third week before you really kind of start turning your attention to the actual season and another opponent to play, that's when the grind really sets in. How many guys can muster that energy on a day-in and day-out basis? That's the biggest thing that uh, you're obviously looking for as a football program. Now, I've had a couple of conversations with people around the football program, our so-called practice insiders, folks who are there watching the entirety of practice, uh, me being a media member. I get twenty minutes a week. On a good week, it feels like to watch BYU practice, and of course, I have my insights. But I get far more intel from people that are on the inside. And I had a great chat uh, with uh, them earlier this week. And the biggest thing I'm taken away is get uh, get used to the names Keelan Marion as well as Darius Lassiter. Now they have three very good wide receivers who return this year for BYU. Speaking of Cody Epps, Keanu Hill, and Chase Roberts, all three of them phenomenal players in their own right. But all three of them, two of them in particular should say. Chase Roberts and uh, Cody Epps have had injury concerns during their time as a Cougar. The nice part is Darius Lasser and Keelan Marion have fit in almost like perfectly. They, they kept, they've come in really adapted to, to playing the role. And what I was told is you can essentially uh, peg any one of those five players as guys who are going to be part of the rotation. The other name I would keep in mind in terms of a rotation piece at wide receiver is Parker Kingston. Like I said, I've got a great interview in the queue. I've just got to get it edited up and we'll have that for you. Guys guys soon, but that kid's got pure, unadulterated speed, and that's one thing you can expect from him if he gets his chance. Uh, He can do fly sweeps. He can obviously run go routes, just really do everything that BYU wants him to do, and he's the fastest player in pads for BYU. They tracked that during spring camp, and he was uh, the fastest guy, wearing full gear. That's the thing about this. A lot of guys have track speed when they're not wearing anything. They're wearing shorts and a tank top. They're very, very fast on the track. Parker Kingston's fast on the track, but also lightning quick on the football field wearing full pads. That's not easy to do, but that is translated to the football field for him, and that's a fantastic thing. So keep an eye on him at wide receiver. Other thing, uh, very clear to me, just based on people I'm talking to and what I've seen with my own eyeballs, that it's going to take a lot for Jake Retzloff to be unseated as the number two quarterback for BYU. Obviously, Keaton Slovis is QB1 going into the season, but keep an eye on Ryder Burton. He continues to make plays every time we're out there as a media core. And what I've been told is that even when the media is not there, Ryder continues just to make plays. He's got a really, really really nice arm. He's still very, very young. He came to BYU as a 17 year old. He was a young buck uh, showing up at BYU and he's still got time on his side, obviously to develop his game and come along, but do not be surprised if number 18 Ryder Burton is a factor down the road for BYU. I'm not saying he's going to push Retzlaff for that number two job this fall. It just doesn't seem like that to me, but he continues to make plays. And if he continues to do that and just shows well every single day, there's no reason to think that he can't be the number three quarterback for BYU. That, that, That'd be a really, really good accomplishment, I feel like, for him to obviously uh, establish himself in the pecking order, be on that depth chart, and then go into next season in 2024 very much in the mix, uh, going into spring camp along with Retzloff and the other quarterbacks on the roster, but... Really, really impressed uh, with uh, Ryder Burton. And that doesn't say that anything bad about Jake Retzloff. He's continued to be really, really sharp in practice as well. But uh, it's nice to see that there is a succession plan, it looks like, kind of shaping up here for a quarterback. It's something I've talked about on the podcast all summer long. It'd be nice to have Keaton Slovis go out and have a big year this year. Jake Retzloff, in theory, has two years beyond this uh, as a redshirt junior and senior. And then after at that point, you have a redshirt sophomore, in theory, in Ryder Burton to take over and just carry the torch forward. You could find uh, the next three quarterbacks carrying essentially you through the tail end of this decade, potentially as late as like, it just kind of lined up already on the roster for BYU. Now, A long way to go with regards to that. There's a lot of transfer portal opportunities, that type of stuff that could pop up in the interim. Injuries, uh, opportunities to bring guys in via the transfer portal or other high school hotshots that BYU could recruit could all tip the balance of power in that respect. But nice to see that the quarterback uh, lineage for BYU lining up here with Aaron Roderick leading the way there. On defense, uh, I'm not breaking any news here. Keep an eye on Isaiah Glasker. He continues to make plays. He's really, really transformed his body. He looks truly like a linebacker now. During the spring, it felt like he was a safety-playing linebacker. He's worked on his body. He's bulked up. And the nice part is we saw him running with the ones during the media observation uh, period on Tuesday alongside A.J. Vongpachon and Ben Bywater. Max Tooley ran with the twos that day. I don't necessarily think to read much too much into that. But the nice part is Isaiah Glasker, he's making a move. Uh, and really establishing himself. Other thing, AJ Vong pachan very much the guy that BYU expected him to be. He's very steady out there. He already understands a lot of the concepts on defense. You can kind of see him directing traffic when he's out there, and it's nice to see that because th- a lot of guys coming in, obviously, were newcomers, but AJ had two things going against him. He's making a transfer from Utah State and also trying to get situated in a new defense that he was wholly unfamiliar with, so it's good to see him adapting early on. Uh, he does have a Relationship with Justin Enna, who recruited him to Utah State, obviously now they're back together at BYU uh, with Enna being his position coach. So uh, obviously positive vibes there. But it's very interesting to see how that's ultimately going to transpire. But so far AJ has been a really really fine piece. Uh, real quick, I meant to mention on the offensive side of the football uh, before I flipped over to the defense. Uh, keep an eye on Ray Paulo. Uh, he is a transfer, obviously a junior college guy coming into the BYU football program. Uh, but the the reports on Ray Paulo is he is really uh, shown well early on in training camp now Like I said, we're only about the midway point of training camp. There are still uh, ways to go here in the build-up to the season. He's obviously got a lot of talent around him at tight end because you got Isaac Rex, Ethan Erickson on down the list. Uh, You just go to look at uh, Mata'Ava Ta'ase, the transfer from Southern Utah. You also have Jackson Bowers in the mix there. You've got Mason Fakahua, who's more of a fullback slash tight end. So there is a lot of talent around a guy like Ray Paulo. but people have been very impressed with what he has shown early on in training camp. But We'll see how that can continues to kind of evolve as training camp goes on but he's just he's just a name to keep an eye on. He is a well-put-together athlete. Had a great chance to catch up with him, similar to Parker Kingston at BYU Photo Day. And you can tell he's just got he's got a very good body, just in terms of his overall physique. Uh, will it translate to the football field and success this year for BYU? We'll have to wait and see. Now, the other thing about Mason Wake. Uh, ben Criddle uh, mentioned this, that he's kind of evaluating his options. Kalani Sitake did was asked directly about Mason Wake's status by Jay Drew yesterday. He said that we're still evaluating things. Uh, Jay asked him if he was done with his career and maybe an injury, that type of stuff. Kalani said that they are evaluating all things. He's obviously going to talk with Mason. He said that Mason will ultimately have to make the call on what he's going to do. Now, Mason was not at practice on Tuesday, uh, at least during the period that the media was out there. Read into that what you will, uh, but it sounds like he is still trying to evaluate what his future is going to hold. and, And, it's unfortunate. If this is the end of the road for a guy like Mason Wake, and I sincerely hope it's not, I got, I'm got i like knocking on wood fingers crossed because he's been a fan favorite, a phenomenal member of the BYU football program, beat all of the odds as a walk-on, who ended up earning a scholarship, plays, played a lot of football for BYU, been a very productive member of the football program. If this is the end of the line for him, what a disappointing end it would be. So I'm sincerely hoping that Mason can find a way back onto the football field, but we'll have to kind of wait and see. But it sounds like he is very much uh, trying to win his options and figure out which way he's going to go. But I didn't, let let me also add this. I did not get a very very positive vibe from Kalani Satake with his answer. But that's just me kind of reading between the lines. And don't take me as uh, the authority on on that. Obviously, I've been been, uh, wrong before with regards to guys who may continue slash discontinue their careers, and we'll see what happens. Now, one final note on the uh, defensive side of the football, vibe check. Just a couple of things on that. At cornerback. Eddie Heckard very much has looked the part. Jacob Robinson very good as well. I think they're going to be your starting two cornerbacks. If BYU starts the season in a 4-3 alignment with three linebackers on the field, expect to see Robinson and Heckard taking the first snaps. Now, BYU is very much also using a nickel package. It's essentially a 4-2-5 alignment. When that happens, it's been good to see Maury Bomba, the 6-foot-3 junior college transfer from Tyler Junior College down there in In uh, Texas. Came to BYU. He's a pretty raw athlete. But BYU has done a good job developing him. He's got all the skills to be a nice cover corner. And it sounds like. And it just looks like. Because when they were shifting to that nickel package during the media portion on Tuesday. The first corner coming in uh, Eddie Hecker would slot inside to play that nickel cornerback role which he's actually very suited and well suited to play and then Maury Bamba kind of stepped into his role at the outside cornerback spot and it's a positive sign for a guy like Maury Bamba because the hope was that he was going to develop nicely and it was a TBD on if that was going to transpire but it looks like early on it has very much gone that way and we'll see if he's able to continue to kind of maintain his spot in that alignment but uh, uh, positive sign there in terms of just a guy who has come along nicely. Gennaro Guilford uh, deserves another, uh, uh, I guess, I don't know, high-fived uh, pat on the back just for all of his good work. He's does, he does a phenomenal job with skill development. Talented players have come out in uh, droves relative to BYU's history at cornerback in recent years under Coach G's uh, coaching uh, acumen and really, really impressed with what he's done there. But yeah, Mori Bamba, very nice piece there. Now on the defensive line, one other note real quick is keep an eye on Tyler Batty. A lot of people are very excited for him in terms of his ability in this new defense. I, I gotta say, I've never seen Tyler Batty as cut as he is right now and I'm not trying to say that he wasn't a, a physical freak before, but he looks like he's transformed his body even more so. He's all a six foot five. we all know this, weighing 265, 270, 270 pounds, somewhere in that range, but he looks like he's in the best shape of his life. We'll see what happens, but he's been very, very steady early on in training camp so far, and the hope is that he's going to go out and have an absolutely monster year for the Cougars, and we'll have nothing more than for him to kind of live that dream, because I think this is the type of defense he's always dreamed of playing in, where he's a true defensive end. No no longer having to two-gap and uh, try and uh, hold up multiple offensive linemen. Now he has essentially one guy he's got to beat and go after the quarterback or get after the running back. I think it's going to unlock his skill set even more than it already was in BYU's pre All right. So just some of the things I took away uh, from uh, training camp and in talking with people around the football program that as we approach the midway point, it's going to be a very interesting uh, stretch run in training camp. Hopefully the guys can keep up the intensity. The nice part is Kalani Satake said that the intensity has held up so far. And obviously him being a head coach, uh, being the effervescent personality that he is, he's always going to be positive. But it sounds like he is very excited for what this team is capable of going into their first year in the Big 12. Conference. All right, we will wrap up today's show with a couple more notes on BYU football. Uh, BYU women's soccer, also BYU football, uh, they begin their season in earnest tonight with an exhibition matchup on the road. We'll talk about all that as we continue on right here unlocked on Cougars. Now, first a word on our friends over at Perry Homes. they work working on this for a few months now. The best part about Perry Homes is whether you're looking for your first home or ready to upgrade to your dream home, my friends, Perry Homes has a home for you. For 50 years, Perry Homes is in Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. they got communities, home designs, and price points all designed to meet your needs as a consumer. The best part is they got beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, and Utah counties all available to you now. They also have multiple communities in Washington County near St. George if you want to get down to Red Rock. Country and live down that way. They offer over 50 unique home designs from ramblers to two stories to townhomes and everything in between. Like I said, it's all designed with you, the consumer, in mind. They even have quick moving homes they've already built if you're available and ready to move right now. So get on it, my friends. Check them out. That's PerryHomesUtah.com is the website to get started there and see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's PerryHomesUtah.com to check it out. For 50 years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are are here to make you guys look good. They have stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look, my friends. Y'all want to look good in your shorts? Well, Bird Dogs can help you do that. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. Think about that. We all know that Lulu, Lululemon is all the rage, but Bird Dogs is here to upset and uh, tip the balance of power, and they also fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton fabric. Uh, they fix that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but the best part is it stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to act, sacrifice all of the movement you would love to have. Bird Dogs also use anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I can attest to this. They actually sent me a new shipment of gear. Uh, I just arrived. I actually got the box today. I'm recording this on Wednesday. Awesome stuff. And the best part is right now they're going to uh, hook you guys up with a new tech hat. All you gotta do is go to BirdDogs.com slash LockedOnCollege or enter the promo code LockedOnCollege at BirdDogs for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs com Use the promo code locked on college for a free white tech hat. It's a phenomenal product by by the way. It's a great hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, I promise you. Check it out, my friends. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college. Thank you once again for making locked on cougars a part of your routine, my friends. I uh, hope you guys are all doing well. And by the way, just a quick thank you to all of you. We are in the top 250 in the country in all sports podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Folks, that's like the top 1% of all podcasts in the world. Thank you for all of the support. It's awesome to see that. I'm not sure we've ever accomplished that before. I was trying to kind of rack my brain when I saw that pop up. I get get an update uh, daily from uh, a couple of websites, and I saw that pop up. I'm like, I'm not sure we've ever been in the top 250 of all sports podcasts. We've been in the top uh, 100, we're almost in the top 50 in the football category, but all sports podcasts... That is awesome. So thank you for your support and continue to subscribe, rate, review, enable notifications, like the show, comment on the show, weigh in with your thoughts via social media all of that share share the word share, share the podcast via word of mouth. All of your support means the world to me and thank you for just for continuing to believe in the product and checking it out on a daily basis. All right. A couple of notes before we go on today's show. Is, uh, first off, best of luck to the BYU women's soccer program. They take on Rutgers tonight out there uh, in East Brunswick, or the Piscataway. That's where Rutgers is located, if I'm not mistaken. That's a 5 o'clock Mountain Time start uh, for BYU. It is officially an exhibition game. There are two exhibition games here for BYU uh, taking on Rutgers today, and then they'll return home on Saturday night for their home opener against Idaho State. And then they truly open the season in regular season action a week from now when they take on St. Louis uh, at uh, Southfield. But best of luck to women's soccer in that matchup against, against Rutgers. Three players, all seniors for BYU, were named to the all-preseason, all-Big 12 team. Uh, those are senior Brecken Mozingo, Jamie Shepard, and Leveni Vaca, all named to the first team. And the best part about this is BYU is well-represented on a on a – preseason team that they have not been a member of before. This is a program, speaking of women's soccer folks, that could win the first Big 12 title in BYU history. It's not out of the realm of possibility. be phenomenal to see them ultimately accomplish that and a long season ahead for them to ultimately live that dream. But the hope is they can accomplish that, and we'll see how it all shakes out as they continue on throughout the season. But best of luck to them against Rutgers tonight, and obviously we'll recap whatever happens in that on tomorrow's podcast. All right, before we go, a little bit over time, but nonetheless, uh, bear with me for a moment we're going to wrap up the 2021 regular season and our look back at all 155 games of BYU's independent history. I'm going to talk about two games here. BYU finished out the 2021 campaign on the road with back-to-back games. They made the long trip to Georgia Southern for a matchup against the Eagles. Now, the Eagles were in all kinds of disarray as BYU went into this game. They ranked number 14 speaking of BYU at 9 and excuse me, 8 and 2 on the season as they made the trip uh, to Georgia Southern. And uh, there were some nervy moments in this one, but BYU handled their business uh, fairly easily. Now, Georgia Southern scored all 17 of their points in the first half. It was a uh, pretty evenly matched game. It was 20 to 17 at halftime and, a half time and thought was okay. It's BYU finding themselves in a little bit of a dogfight or they, they BYU's traditionally struggled in the Eastern time zone, traveling that far. But in the second half, they came alive. The nice part was Tyler Algier, 136 yards and one touchdown. Jaron Hall, a pedestrian, not a pedestrian, a uh, pedestrian. A steady 312 yards and two touchdowns in the win. BYU scores 14 unanswered in the second half and rolls to a 34-17 victory which set up the regular season finale they made the trip to the Coliseum against another team who was in all kinds of disarray USC had fired Clay Helton funny enough who would end up becoming Georgia Southern's head coach, uh, but that's beside the point but they were in all kinds of disarray speaking of USC, Jackson Dart, a guy BYU had recruited, now the starting quarterback at Ole Miss was the starter for USC in this game before he ultimately decided to uh, bolt the program and find a new program and obviously transferring to play for Lane Kiffin. But they came into this game and BYU did number 13 in the country and USC gave BYU everything they could handle. It was one of those games where BYU felt like kind of settled into the game, thought, okay, These guys are going to roll over. And USC never did. That was the positive for USC in this game. They ended up uh, losing this one 35-31. BYU gets out of there with a 10-2 record. But the biggest thing in this game, though, was BYU had injuries pop up in droves in this game. You might recall... As the game progressed, Jaron Hall got uh, an ankle injury. Uh, ended up 276 yards, two touchdowns against two interceptions. Not his finest performance, but a, a decent performance. He ends up getting dinged on his ankle. The worst injury, obviously, was the one that Isaac Rex. He goes up and cu- catches that touchdown pass, uh, comes down, and you just oh, – it wasn't a touchdown pass. He was actually out of bounds. If I, was he out of bounds? Yeah, he was. Uh, but he goes up, tries to bring in that pass, comes down, and his ankle just rolls over. And the second it happened, I was watching this. I know exactly where I was watching it. I was hanging out with Hans Olsen. We were doing BYU pre- and post-game shows for the KSL Sports Zone that season. And we're watching the game together. He goes up and the ankle crumples. And I'm like, oh, he just may have dislocated his ankle. And Hans hadn't seen the play develop. And he's like, what are you talking about? So he rewinds it on his TBR. I never want to see that play again because as we found out, compound dislocation of that ankle for uh, Isaac Rex season over, had to delay his uh, wedding that was planned for, I think like a week later or two weeks later, Uh, ultimately still got married to his sweetheart. They now actually have a kid together and just was a crazy, crazy thing. He had to have multiple surgeries, two surgeries to fix all the damage in that ankle Crazy, crazy scenes, but BYU gets out of there with the victory. I believe also that uh, Tyler Algier got just kind of gassed in this game. If, did he get injured? He may have. He ended up 111 111 yards and two touchdowns in this one. But Jackson McChesney, as he uh, seemed to do time and time again throughout his run with the BYU football program, came in and really helped BYU put this game on ice. Uh, he ended up with just three carries for 17 yards, but one of them was a touchdown run that sealed the win for BYU and ultimately got BYU to that 10th win On the season, but the problem was BYU paid the price. I said physically against USC, it was a very physical game against the Trojans. They made BYU work for everything they got in this game, and as we will talk about on tomorrow's podcast, it really affected them going into a bowl game. I think also some motivation was uh, motivation issues were also in play as BYU made the trip uh, to the Independence Bowl to take on UAB. But we'll talk about what happened in that game as we round out the 2021 season as a whole on tomorrow's Friday edition of the podcast. So there you go. You're up to speed on everything I've got for you guys here on a Thursday. A big thank you for all of your support of the podcast. As always, once again, thank you for making it your first listen today. Thank you to all of you who are every day is with us right here on the Locked On uh, Cougars podcast. And of course, rejoin us tomorrow as we talk all things BYU sports once again on a Mailbag Friday edition of the show. Until then, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. Hey, Prime members.